What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empower Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about uh, basically how to get into the industry, kind of common pitfalls. Um, our core audience, we hope to be, you know, people uh, maybe in college or recently graduated. We've noticed that there's certain things that a lot of people make, a lot of the same mistakes. So um, anything we can do to kind of help uh, avoid, help you guys avoid those pitfalls is what, is what we're about. Uh, my name is Byron. Um, I'm actually a software engineer at Encore Music Technologies, located in, in uh, Los Angeles, and we basically are an augmented reality uh, company. And uh, Steve, he does uh, recruiting at Onward Play. And um, today we have a special guest with us. We have Daniel uh, Alcost Jr., um, who's actually in the esports uh, realm. So, Daniel, you want to kind of tell us a little bit about what you do, what your background is, and we can, and we can go from there. Sure. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I am officially going to start at Upper Deck as the esports product development coordinator tomorrow. Um, it, yeah, it's it's so cool, and I'm so excited. Um, literally everything that I have on my um, background and in my resume basically has zero to do with games. So, I mean, this is why this, I think, is going to be an, an important conversation that we have because this is something that I've always wanted to be in. I mean, gaming has always been in my life. It's always shaped who I am and molded my entire um, everything that I've done. And so for me to finally make the step into going into the gaming industry was like huge. And um, and it's exciting. I have so much to you know hopefully share and hopefully it helps out. Um, my previous background is uh, mostly leadership. I've I, previously I've owned um, a franchise business. Um, and we did promotional products. I was just a distributor, basically. And that was like my intention to get into the gaming industry. I used to go into uh, conventions every year. And I noticed that everyone had, you know, swag and all this other stuff that they wanted to sell. And they all bought it from different people. They had different vendors. And as a distributor, I could have been, you know, the I wanted to be the go to for all those things. Like I can literally get you everything that you're already getting, even from the same vendor, Um but it would go through me. I'd do all the legwork and you don't have to, you know, talk to so many different people. And that was kind of my first attempt at getting in the gaming industry. So um, other than that, I, I've just been doing um, account management. Um, I was <laughs> my range of, of jobs is amazing. So previously before that, I was a safety technician at Scripps Research Institute. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with gaming, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, before that, I was a um mechanic for semis at cisco foods uh before that i was in leadership at whole foods market so i mean so many different things and you know at the end of the day i won't i finally just wanted to do what i wanted to do in the gaming industry and like i've been working with daniel for a while now we actually connected um you know i can't even remember how we connected it might have been on linkedin um but i remember it was, uh, that igda IGDA. One of the mixers, yeah. Yeah, and we, I just remember having a conversation with Daniel and we just kind of like hit it off. And one of the things that I've always been keeping an eye out for is people that want to make their way into the video game industry. And obviously as a recruiter and in my history at PlayStation, I've been helping people out. And I know I've been working with Daniel for a while and just to see him in this journey and for him to finally get that opportunity to work in video games 
it was so inspiring for me because I know how hard he's been working at this and the challenge of getting into the industry without having the quote unquote experience already. Um, and then I know one of the unique things about your particular journey was finding your way into this current role. And I remember you mentioning that LinkedIn and networking in particular was one of those things that helped you land this role. Can you go a little bit into the story on like, were the people that you connected with? How did you actually connect with them? And then how did you actually get hired on? Sure. Um, yeah, that's that's 100, 1,000. I mean, I can't even emphasize the reason I got the job was networking. Um, I was, uh, so the other thing I'm currently doing is, is I'm the lead organizer for um, Twitch San Diego, which is a community group um, that, you know, hosts events and stuff and kind of networks for um, Twitch streamers. And, uh, you know, we kind of share knowledge within each other and we kind of build each other up and, you know, give do's and don'ts and tips and tricks on, on you know, how to do better at streaming. Um, and so <clears throat> I figured the best transferable data that I had for what I'm doing uh, into the gaming industry is to be a community manager um, for you know, whatever company that needed a community manager. I mean, it's a very, very specific role and it's very kind of transferable to what I'm doing because that's literally what I'm doing with the, the Twitch San Diego group. And so everything I was applying for had to do with um, community management. Um, I ended up finding a community management position available at Upper Deck. And I was going through the job description and then it said something about, I mean, if you don't know what Upper Deck is, it, they, they do trading cards. Um, they're basically physical cards that you do, uh, baseball, sports, all sorts of things. I was reading the description, and then it said something about esports and video games. And like, I hadn't collected cards since I started owning my own apartment, and I knew I couldn't fit them in there anymore. So I kind of had to stop collecting. Um, and so <clears throat> I was like, are they doing esports stuff? Like, where have I been? How did I miss this? And so then I got really interested and I was intrigued. And I was like, I wonder what they're doing in esports. They have it here in the job description. It's part of what they're doing. Let me look it up. And so I go onto LinkedIn, look up Upper Deck, and then I just type in esports in the search bar. And a few people popped up and I saw the title said like esports coordinator. Let me go ahead and click on that. Let me send them a message. I want to connect. Um, and I, you know, I put in the notes. I was like, hey, I just noticed that you you work for Upper Deck. You have an esports title. I'm very intrigued. What is Upper Deck doing with esports? I did a quick Google. They have Overwatch cards. I was like, but, you know, other than that, do you guys have more plans in the future? I wasn't really expecting a response because that's kind of, you know, out of out of left field. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, he responded. And um, we got into conversations and, you know, talking for a good month. And he's just like, hey, by the way, um, I'm going to be taken off to New York. And... A position is going to open up soon. I really think you should apply for it. And I was like, what position? And he said it was product development for esports and video games. I was like, that's nowhere near my radar. Like, I have no idea what that's about. I have no idea what it would entail. I don't know what I would do. How do I bring my experience and transfer it to something like that? Like, how am I going to apply for this position that I know nothing about mm -hmm. and be successful at it? And so, you know, he encouraged me and he kind of told me what I really actually needed for the position is just the knowledge i need the i need to be knowledgeable on esports like all the time video games all the time i was like dude i eat breathe and you know i live video games this is me i was like you're hyping me up i'm really gonna apply for this like you're doing it man you're doing it i'm going i'm going for it so 
one thing led to another and here i am i start tomorrow dude i absolutely <laughs> love 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 that story and one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is kind of how to interview without being interviewed right and i think we all know that during the interview process before they hire on uh, hire somebody on they're trying to get to know like and trust the person that they're bringing in and one of the things that you mentioned is that you had been having conversations regularly with this guy for about the process uh, about a month right yeah and through those conversations i'm sure he was you know just getting to know you what's your work ethic what's your history what are the things that you've done and based on that information he was able to um to decipher that you would be a an amazing fit for the role that he's got right that he's aware of so it was one of those things where it may not have been on your radar but this is why it's important to network with people in the industry because those are people that are on the job doing what they do and they've always got their eye out for are people that can essentially do the same thing right exactly you're a right spot at the right time he said he's heading out and he was thinking who do i know like and trust that could fit right into this company and pick up where i left off and boom you're right right person at the right time and that's just one of those things that you can't predict but mm -hmm. you have to put yourself out there and i, I want to ask you about networking itself um how did you how did you ever come to learn that networking would have such a big impact? Like, is it something that you picked up on your own? Did you kind of, was someone teaching this to you? Like, what's that process for you? Uh, experience. Um, so, you know, like I said, I previously owned a couple businesses. And, you know, the key thing that I figured out early on was that the more people you know, the more people they, you know, the more you explain yourself to to people, have good conversations, the more they know, like, and trust you, like you said, and they're, they're, you know, going to tell their friends about it because people have conversations 24 seven about the most random things and something will come up and be like, actually, I know a person that was just talking to me about something like that. Let me see if, you know, he's available. And that's just by, you know, talking. Um, and so I would join networking groups. So um, I would be in the chamber of commerce for my business. So I, I joined a couple of chamber of commerces and they have meetings, they have network luncheons or they have network mixers. And then you literally go in there and you talk to people and listen to people about their business. You talk about your business and, and then you kind of just have a conversation. Um, sometimes it's, you know, you're running into somebody that's just only trying to sell to you. Uh, and then you just, you know, listen and nod and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you have a good, genuine conversation with somebody, that's where it actually, you know, elongates and it expands your network and expands. And then they, you have that genuine conversation. So then, you know, you feel like you've connected with somebody and then the next person down, down the road, Hey, you know, do you know this guy? He does that. You know, you're looking for this. I know somebody that can do that. And so I learned that early on with business and it was easy um, to have, you know, word, word of mouth referrals, just because you, you take that time to listen to somebody and have a genuine conversation instead of just trying to, you know, hit it home with some kind of sell. Yeah, absolutely. And then the the one of the things that you touched on is you come across people sometimes that only want to sell, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, can you tell us, like, obviously you're experienced having come across a lot of people. What goes on in your mind when you come across somebody that's just purely, like, selfishly motivated? Uh, me personally, I, I, I don't take offense to it because um, – 
I mean, that's what they're at the end of the day. That's what everyone's trying to do. This they're they're trying to either sell a product or they're trying to sell themselves. But um, the way that I think of it is that they're going about it the wrong way. The more that they push on the actual sell, is the more somebody's gonna be like, "Whoa, you're you know, I'm kind of you're a little sus now. You're really trying to push this on me. Like I'm not asking for anything, but yet you're trying to give me something that I don't want." Um, but instead, it can easily come up in a natural conversation or just, you know, inform somebody. The more that you inform somebody, the more that they know. And it's easier for them to remember um, what you do. And so it's not like you're trying to push the cell. You're just trying to, you know, have a good conversation. And so <clears throat> the way that I process these things is that like, oh, that person either is new at networking or, you know, I, it's not the person that I, I, I want to, like, connect with because they're only going to want to talk about selling me something. They're not actually interested in me as a person. They just want me to buy what they're selling. Yeah. And, like, that's one of the things that I've learned personally myself is that the, having effective relationships, it's not just a one-way thing. It's give and take. It's how can we help each other in our lives. And um, it it sounds like you've got a tremendous amount of experience, um, not necessarily selling, but just building genuine connections with people. And um, I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the lessons that you would have out there for others that are kind of kind of that, that are taking the same footsteps in reaching out to people on LinkedIn and trying to start those connections? But how do they do it effectively? That, that's a. Um... It's a hard question to really answer because sometimes I'm in the boat where like I want to reach out to somebody, but then I feel like it seems like the only reason I'm reaching out to you is because I want a job from you or I want something from you. Um, it's easiest in my mind. Like what I want to emphasize here for sure is that, you know, me reaching out to that person at Upper Deck, it wasn't for me to be like, hey, look at me. I want a job. Pick me, pick me. It was just like, genuine curiosity and like i was intrigued like i didn't know you guys were like so into esports and video games like please tell me more um i wasn't in the, i wasn't in his dms like hey you know if a position opens up you know let me know here's my resume You're like check it out i've done this i've done this i'm done this like here's a flex here's a flex no it's more like let me get to know you i'm really curious like this is what builds the relationships and and i think the relationship part of it is the actual important part and it's not like I want to reach out to you because I want something from you. Um, it could be like a side effect. It'd be a great you know, side effect from reaching out to people. But I think humans, I mean, I know myself, I'm always interested in learning something new, especially if it's in the field that I adore, like video games. I'm super interested in anything video game related. If you told me like, you know, there's going to be monitors or something that are like specifically video game, I'm going to go look at those monitors because it's video game related and so you're obviously trying to get a job in the gaming industry because you want to be in the gaming industry mm -hmm. so it's more about i guess reflecting your interests and what you know instead of like hey pick me i want to i want a job that's pretty interesting i actually had a pretty similar experience to that with my current company i definitely reached mm -hmm. out um wasn't expecting a job out of it but i love what they were doing like for context i work at a company called encore and they do mm -hmm. basically augmented reality music videos for artists um well, that's cool yeah yeah so the whole idea is to create a middle class of like um musicians and i love that idea right I, that's something that i've had a vision for myself so i reached out and said hey this is really cool i love what you guys are doing um of course it led to a job but that's not initially <laughs> <laughs> how, yeah. how i got there right um but yeah, so I say that to say this, that um, 
I know something that a lot of creatives and uh, creatives uh, in, in this industry struggle with is um, right off the bat, they ask for that job and think that's not really the best way of approaching networking. Um, they're not coming at it from that person's point of view. Do you really think that they want most of the time they're not even in a position to hire you like yeah yeah <laughs> so there's like, only like yeah. a couple critical people that have that actual you know decision making in their job title but you know you might not come across that person yeah yeah so asking for a job to somebody that can't even give it to you is kind of off-putting too for sure yeah definitely definitely and i know that um that's something that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just so glad that you, that you brought that to light from a business perspective, because I know a lot of creatives, they kind of lack that business background or that business mindset. So I think that's just really cool to, to kind of keep in mind as well. And something else that you were talking about is when you're reaching out to LinkedIn, it <clears throat> sounded like you had a specific type of wording that you use to reach out to these people. And um, I'm guessing that this one particular person isn't the only one that you reached out to. So can you talk me through the process of like, how do you find people on LinkedIn? What are you looking for? And then what's the actual process, maybe step by step or, or how you word when you reach out to them? Sure. Um, uh, it's easy. I just literally look for what I'm interested in. So if all of a sudden I'm just sitting at my computer and then I you know become interested in, let's say, Rockstar. And I'm like, hey, Rockstar is, you know, local. Uh, let me go check them out. I'll go into LinkedIn and then I'll hit up Rockstar. And since Rockstar is such a, like a big company, it's, you know, you'd be filtering through all those people forever. So then I just either I would just type in San Diego in the search bar and then it will show up everyone that's in San Diego. And I'll kind of like shuffle through all the titles until I find something that's interesting or that, you know, I can actually have a conversation about. Like, I'm not going to go into uh, click on somebody from HR and be like, hey, dude, want to talk about video games? Because, I mean, who knows if they even know about video games? Yeah, they work at Rockstar, but they're HR, you know? Yeah. And, you know, am I going to have an HR-related, you know, conversation with this person? No, I really have no idea what they do in HR. So I definitely wouldn't connect with that person. But I would look for something interesting in the title that says, you know, like community manager because that's somebody that's you know they love talking to people that's their job is to kind of connect with the community so that's an easy go-to you hit up a community manager hey i you know are you in san diego i live in san diego rockstar is awesome like i just wanted to connect you know hopefully we can chat i mean that's literally about it and if they connect they connect and if they don't you know not a big deal because it's they're not you know that's not somebody you you knew already anyway so gotcha yeah. and then i know that you mentioned that the success was reaching out to somebody at Upper Deck. Yeah. But I'm sure that there was a ton of people that you also reached out to yeah. where there was no result. Can you yeah. kind of give us an idea of how long has this search taken for you to find this one person? And like how many how many people have you reached out across the industry? Um, I've been gradually doing this for probably a little, a little over a year. Um, I'm not, I wasn't like in it, like hardcore, like messaging, like 10 people a day. I'm not like trying to cold call everyone and their mom. But, um, like, like I said, I just get all of a sudden, you know, it'd be cool. I'd love to work at Rockstar. That'd be cool. You know, maybe I can talk to somebody there and, you know, build up a relationship. And if, you know, if the relationship building is good, they'll let you know about something that's coming up or they'll give you, you know, some kind of information, um, a tip or two about you know just let them know that you're looking for a job at some point like don't 
being, hey, I'm looking for a job. I just wanted to connect. Let me know when one pops up. But it like it all comes through genuine conversation. So I would go through, I think it's been, like I said, a little over a year. And something will pop in my head. I'll go search them out, message somebody, and then kind of leave it at that. Let it stew for a couple of days. And then, you know, maybe I'll have another thought of another company. And then I'll go check them out send them a message and just let it, you know, stew. And if they respond, you know, respond right away. Make sure that, you know, let them know that you're still interested. You still want to have a conversation. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm not trying to get a job. I just want to chat. And uh, I think I've reached out to, I don't know, upwards of 50 people in the past year. Like like I said, I wasn't hammering at home or anything, but... But uh, yeah, I definitely want to give myself time to be able to respond too. So if I hit up like 20 people in one day and they all respond, like I'm going to be sitting there responding to 20 messages all day. So uh, I'm definitely leaving, leaving room for that too, for an actual conversation. Yeah. And it definitely sounds like uh, a big part of that is understanding yourself, where you're coming from, what your interests are, because the dude brought up the job title and you immediately said, hey, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be a good fit for that. But yeah. you were pretty honest from the get go. Um, you saw where, where you were coming from, and it turns out that it was a good fit. So you're starting tomorrow, right? Yep. Um, yeah. So that's a big part of it. Um, instead of trying to force that that connection, like you're mm-hmm. not going into like I don't know the automotive industry, saying, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" Yeah. And having zero, uh, you know, interest in that. Yeah. You love sure. video games. You have a passion for video games. Um, so that's odd. Obviously, that's an easy talking point. Um, for any of these people that you're actually reaching out to as well. Yeah, definitely. And and that's one of the things that, you know, I specifically would look for was somebody that would know about video games. Because, exactly. like, at the end of the day, I just want to have that conversation and kind of, you know, get to know you and build a relationship for sure. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know networking has been a part of your – it's kind of been part of your DNA. Um, you mentioned that you have a history working with Twitch and uh, and and that community, can you talk us uh, talk to us about um, networking in general in the video game community, and what are some organizations that the listeners out there can join to get to know other video game developers, video game professionals, video game enthusiasts? Sure. Um, so, um, me being a huge networking type of person, this is one of the things I I kind of looked up and I was given this information at a random convention too. Um, I found somebody that was local. I think I was in PAX West. So I was up in Seattle and um, I recognized somebody from, from San Diego and I started talking to her and I was like, oh, she was doing a panel on community management. And so um, after the panel was over, I was just, I, I was like, I didn't know you're from San Diego. The information you gave was amazing. Like, um, I really want to connect with people. How do you suggest I do that? And then the first, you know, thing she said is join some kind of networking group. There's a few out there that are pretty common. Um, the first one she told me about was uh, IGDA. And then IGDA, they have, you know, different chapters. Um, I assume that's what they're called in different cities. And then um, the game dev drink ups. Told me about those and um and you know those are all video game specific and me not being a developer kind of felt weird going to those but you know again i wasn't trying to sell anything so i literally just went to listen and it turned out to be a, a lot of unreal and unity talk which i didn't really know know about but hey i was i was there and i got to have conversations with people about video games and and stuff like that and it, it turned into you know twitch conversations and stuff but 
IGDA, the the game dev drink ups were were the two that I had the most uh, connections with, the most networking opportunity with people um, in the gaming industry. Gotcha. And then I know you mentioned with Twitch specifically that you had a role, kind of a leadership role in Twitch San Diego. Uh, can you mm -hmm. tell us about that experience and how you became one of the leaders in Twitch San Diego? Sure. Um, so the meetups program is is something that Twitch has going. Um, so if you go to meetups.twitch.tv, there's a list of cities that are participating in this program. And so, you know, you can go there and check out, you know, whatever city you're from and see if there's a meetup group um official meetup group put together and um you just go and it's kind of like just a quick event that you go to and kind of chat with other people that are you know either streamers or just love the platform and they just want to talk about you know what's current on the platform and and just hang out with other like-minded people and so i would start going to their to the meetups and um i think the the lead organizer at the time was kind of you know burning out from it and I was like fresh and I was in there all the time. I was at every meeting and I was like super excited. And I was like, hey, you should do this. You should do this. Like maybe you should do this instead. Or, you know, you know, it'd be really cool. You know, it'd bring more people. And so all that involvement and be, me being excited kind of led me to, you know, taking over. And, um, you know, because people have burnout at some point when they're when they're doing the same thing and they don't really see results or it's just not the direction they wanted to take it in or whatever. And so um, that's how. I got there and that's how I, I got the leadership area in that group. Gotcha. And I know that just being able to be in the position to grab that leadership spot is so important. What would you say if somebody wanted to follow in your footsteps and be the leader of a, a local chapter of their organization, what are the skills that they should have to be effective at that role? organization <laughs> you gotta be so organized to do these things uh, and, and and reality is that you have to be able to network um i think networking is the key to growing anything the more that you network with people the more that you network with people outside of you know your realm as well kind of helps you out like you know me networking with somebody at like let's say state farm insurance like that's not a direct connection to twitch but, you know, State Farm is making a huge push into like streaming into Twitch. They're like, you know, sponsoring all sorts of people. And then that could be like, hey, I see that my company, State Farm, is really investing in streaming and gaming. Is there something we can do together? Actually, that'd be awesome. Right. And so it's it's not like don't just talk to your little group of friends because you think it's, you know, the only ones that understand what's going on. Like esports and video games is going to blow up and whatever industry you're in that you want to network in, people outside of your industry might know and it might be growing and there might be one involved too. So, I mean, it's it's more or less networking with people and being able to be organized enough to grow, to find event venues, to find cool ways to promote and just having that kind of mentality where you want to grow and you want to help people instead of just making it a personal objective. So let's let's double click on the the organization aspect of what you talked about, right? Or being quote unquote organized. That's such like mm -hmm. a nebulous term. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you talk about specifically what are some of the challenges that you had to overcome when it came uh, when it came to like organizing an event? Like, what are the logistics? What are the did you have spreadsheets? Um, <laughs> did you have to reach out and cold call people? Like, what was that for you? 
Yeah, so the 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 organizational part of that and getting an event together is is more or less coordinating with the people that are going to be there. Um, some people work weekdays, some people work weekends. Like you can't always have a dedicated day for something unless you organize it out in advance and tell people if this day is going to work for you, I'm going to have it on this day. Uh, sometimes I'm going to have it on another day. So those that it doesn't work out for, you can go to that. Um, calling places, figuring out venues, figuring out, you know, where you can hold certain things. Um, that all, all of that is like intertwined in the organizational part. So it's more or less being able to figure out how to get everyone there and make everyone happy and keep everyone happy is this specific on that venue what they're going to have to, you know, eat or drink. You can't take them anywhere where they're not going to have anything because, you know, what are, what if you get thirsty? Like, what are you going to do? So that's something you always have to keep in mind. Um, you know, someplace that might be friendly for those that are under 21. Like, it, sometimes it might not be a bar or be open to communicate about that. It's going to be at a bar or something. You have to be 20 and up, 21 and up event. You know, sorry for those that can't make it. Um, and it's, it's more of the communication too. The more you communicate, it's easier to get things organized because then people will speak up. Cool. And like the, the, the thing that I love about you taking that leadership position is that you're able to organize all of these events to happen, right? Communicating with so many people, the venues, organizing the logistics, the time, you know, the, what are the different amenities that are available? And what a lot of people don't realize is that those are skills that you can put on a resume, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's a um, an example of somebody problem solving on their own, figuring out solutions, and then this is how you can get real world experience and be able to put it on your resume, even though you're not getting paid for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so can you tell me what of those skills that you were practicing have translated into helping you get this job? Uh, it was more of the the management aspect of, of what got me um, was a good point on like in our conversation because I did put on my resume that I am, you know, the lead organizer for Twitch San Diego, but I didn't like emphasize on it. And then they're like, hey, I see this here. What is this about? And what did you do there? And I was like, well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> this is what I did. You know, I I've put in, you know, my managerial side on on getting these things done i've put in some organization to get these things in order uh, i've executed this and that to get events going um, i'm in the process of doing this this shows initiative um, everything that you can kind of if you sit down and think about it and you put it down in a professional like atmosphere um, there's so many positives you can bring out that will help you in a job interview um, and it's just, you know, you can just say, hey, I just put events together for streamers and for people that love Twitch and it's fun. Um, but if you get down to the nitty gritty and the details and you actually, you know, bring those details out, there's so many things that people want to see in the workplace that you do. And, you know, one of my tips, I think, would be for organizers, for for organizations that do networking and, and events and stuff, they always need help. If you want to start volunteering for help, that's something quantifiable. So that's something you can put on, you know, a resume. I helped so-and-so plan this event. I helped so-and-so bring in this amount of donations. You know, I've helped so-and-so do this. And you can actually quantify those things and it looks good. Absolutely. And like you mentioned things like fundraising, 
right? Yeah. And uh, can you tell us some of the different organizations that you volunteered for where you've helped raise funds and what was your process for doing that? Uh, so being the lead organizer for Twitch, uh, we had, during the pandemic, we had a lot of virtual events. Um, I used to try and hold meetups physically every month. Um, but then when, you know, COVID hit, it started going virtual and I tried doing every month, but it, sometimes it just wasn't as feasible because a lot of people didn't want to be there online. Um, so one of the things I did was I would involve um, the Humane Society as one of them. Uh, I reached out to them. I was like, you know, I'm doing this kind of the way I found them, actually, is that I saw when I went to TwitchCon, I saw them there. And I was like, well, they're obviously interested in streaming and Twitch and stuff because I saw them at, at TwitchCon. And so let me reach out to them, say I'm a local, you know, group. We're doing Twitch stuff. If you're uh, if you would like to come on and talk about your organization for a little bit, you know, hopefully we can get some donations in. And so I did that with, you know, Humane Society. Um, I think it was the uh, North County Food Bank, um, Stand Up to Cancer and Stack Up, uh, all sorts of organizations. And, and that's all I did was just invite them over to have basically like this, a conversation where we kind of talk about their organization, what they do for the community. And, you know, it just inspires people to learn more, to donate, to participate, to be involved, to volunteer. Dude, I love that. And like connecting with all of these people, reaching out on LinkedIn, um, on our previous podcast, one of the talk, one of the things that we talked about was mindset. And through all of these different organizations that you're a part of, all of these different activities that you're in, I know that in your head, you've got certain motivations. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but you also overcome, you have to overcome tons of different challenges, right? Um, yep. So for you, what are the things about your mindset that allows you to overcome all of the problems? Because I know there's a ton of them, but what keeps you motivated and how do you, how do you keep going on? Um, it's going to sound corny, but, uh, seeing people like, um, I don't know why Dr. Lupo sticks in my mind specifically, but like seeing him like raise so much money for like St. Jude and stuff is like very inspiring. And it's just like, if you can like just sit here and talk about something and then people just like donate millions of dollars because you're bringing something in front of them, you're just showing them, you're just informing them about something that already exists. Like, I don't need to be a, an expert on a specific organization. I just need to bring the person that is, they can talk about it and I can talk about it with them and it helps their organization. And then, you know, obviously I'm not going to pick an organization that, that I don't see the benefit in, but you know, I can see the benefit in the humane society. I see the benefit in, in uh, the food bank. I see the benefit in, in extra life and Rady children's. So I would love to have them here to bring them in front of everyone and just talk about it. And so my inspiration is that, I can help people just by talking. I can help people just by, you know, bringing them in. I can help people just by, you know, shining a light on them for a minute with, you know, the little the little platform that I have, you know. So that that's what inspires me is that I can help people in my own way and it's actually helping. I'm actually doing something. It's not for nothing. It it, it let's I think that's such a huge part of networking effectively is just finding people to connect with, finding ways that you can help them. Um, can you tell us uh, other examples of how you reached out to somebody with kind of zero expectations and then somehow some way that came back to you and paid off even way more 
than you could have imagined. Um, <clears throat> gosh, there's so many people that I've talked to that come back. And I mean, I mean, I guess that's really testament to what you're saying is that that at some point you have a good conversation with someone that, you know, generally doesn't lead anywhere right off the bat, but then they'll come back later and be like, hey, like, I remember we had this conversation like a year ago, a couple of years ago, like, hey, it's great to, you know, connect. And I can't think of one specifically, um, but I do have kind of an example. There's someone that I spoke to at IGDA. And, you know, we we're talking about video games and stuff. And, and I was telling him, you know, this is really my realm. Like, these are you know, developers. They're having these developer conversations. And I have no idea what's going on. But once we have that that talk about video games, I'm really into it. Um, you know, I really want to get into the gaming industry at some point. And then, yeah, for sure. You know, I definitely understand. And, you know, a couple months, three months, four months, five months later, they're like, hey, you know, I remember we had this conversation, like, I'm going to be, you know, getting this job somewhere. He's like, maybe I can, you know, help you out with this at some point. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I, you know, we had that conversation so long ago. I can't believe you still remembered. And then, you know, there I have somebody advocating for me that I didn't know was going to be advocating for me at the end of the day. Dude, I love that. And that's, that's one of those things where in my head, the power of networking, the power of building genuine relationships with people and like this is something that i believe should be emphasized because it's something that they don't necessarily teach you know in your professional or in your in your education right mm -hmm. going to college yeah. um so for you i know there's a lot of people that are like coming straight out of uh out of the university and into the job market what are some things that you would like to um like advice that you would like to give people that you had to learn outside of your formal education just be genuine, I think, is the biggest, um, you know, advice I could give. Um, you know, you can have your intentions in there. Uh, like at the end of the day, if your intention is to work in the, the gaming industry, then, you know, speak to people in the gaming industry, but have a genuine conversation. Um, you know, ask them about their, you know, their day. Don't don't always keep it on the the work subject either, because there's people that, out, you know, that work in the gaming industry 24-7. Last thing they want to do is have more gaming industry talk. <laughs> Um, so it's just like having a normal conversation, like, oh, I have kids, you have kids, cool. Like, or, you know, oh, I'm fresh out of college too. You're fresh out of college. Cool, man. Oh, I see that you're working there. That must be super awesome. Like, can you tell me about it? And, you know, people love talking about something that they're excited about. So if they have a job that they're really excited about, you know, they'll love talking about it. And then you aspiring to get that type of job are absorbing all of it and be like, well, how did you get there? And then you get more information to build on. So I think the key piece of information is just talk to people in a genuine conversation. No sales pitches. No, this is what I can do. This is what I know. This is what I've done. Look, check out my game, you know, check out my programming skills. Like it's just more or less have a conversation. Like I'm playing this game. Are you playing? You want to connect tonight? You want to play together? Like that's how it goes. Dude, that's really cool. And I know like we started this conversation, I think before the episode even started talking about fitness, for instance, yeah. like, um, like, okay, so you guys probably can't see it if you're listening on Spotify, but he has a whole bunch of uh, medals hung up in the background, which are all from what half marathons, right? Half marathons. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's something I think the three of us kind of have in common. We're all kind of into endurance sports. We've all at one point or another participated in that kind of thing. Um, 
personally outside of work that seems like a much more fun conversation to have than yeah hey like what do you think about crunch or what do you think about like uh programming this like, you know what i mean the stuff like yeah that. yeah <laughs> for sure and then like like i have these up and it's it's an easy starting point it's an easy conversation piece like if you you know it sounds nerdy but if you wear something that like some kind of branded shirt and it's like assassin's creed shirt or something like hey is that assassin's creed yeah oh dude i play that game too i mean if you have those kind of like if you're able to spot those things on somebody and you're able to get that conversation started then that just starts the genuine conversation right off the bat like oh i see that hat that hat is from you know whatever sport oh it's a padres hat hey you like the padres i love baseball too man i love the padres you know stuff like that and it's just just having a conversation is the easiest and the best advice i can give yeah, man. Like something I even noticed too. Like in the background, I see Donatello just kind of hanging out there. <laughs> yeah, that's my dude. <laughs> I love Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. So funny story is that uh, it's it was me, my brother, and my two cousins. So it was four of us boys, and we're all around the same age, and we would all pretend we we're Ninja Turtles, and I was Donatello every time. <laughs> that's cool. And so, like, literally we kept our turtles and that's who we are like if we if we were talking in conversation and somebody brings up ninja turtles we're like oh he's leo oh he's raf he's mikey oh, i'm donnie yeah Dude, that's, that's really it cool. yeah <laughs> and like i i absolutely love that uh that analogy is that like you have in person you guys your family each have your own personalities mm -hmm. and um getting to know the mentality that you have you had like why why would you choose donatello out of all of the turtles how did you identify with that one uh me out of the four of us i was always the one to like sit back and analyze something before jumping head straight into something and we all played video games together so it's easy to kind of like know who that person is because if we played like a four person game i'd be the one in the back kind of like seeing what's going to happen first. I'm not the one rushing forward and like, you know, coming across a trap or something be like, Hey, I mean, I told you, you should have kind of you know, <laughs> looked around first. Right. And so that's, that's one of the main reasons. And then I was the oldest. So I was always like, I don't want to say smarter than them. I was just, I've been alive longer. So I know a little bit more. And so it was, it was more or less that I've experienced that you probably shouldn't do that. And they're like, oh, wow, how'd you know? You're so smart. And I was like, I'm not really smart. I've made that mistake myself. It's just, <laughs> I did it first. So, so it was more or less the, you know, the smartness of Donatello. And I was like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll own it. Yeah, that's me. Cool. And like that, that's such a great point, like learning from video games, learning from experience. And for you in particular, wanting to work in video games, I know you're a gamer. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. one of the things I want to see is like, how has video games impacted your life? Like how have the lessons that you've learned from playing video games benefited you as a person professionally, personally, anything? Sure. Um, so I have a very, very long history of how video games have helped me. Um, and it's not until recently that I realized these things. And so video games in my entire life were always cast in a negative light. So it's like, oh, you're going to, you know, rot your brain, you know, all those things that, you know, your parents tell you when you play too many games. But um, it later on in life, I realized that it's actually helped me a lot more. So I have ADHD. And as a kid, it literally calmed me down. It literally kept me in one place, literally kept my mind actually moving. So I wasn't the type that would just turn on a game and kind of like just move forward with it. I'd find ways to make it funner or I'd find ways to make it more um, 
to do it faster or to like I was always looking for better ways to do something in the game. And I would be the one that replays the game 10, 20, 30 times to see if I can do it faster, you know, and uh, those that's what kept my mind going. That's what kept my mind kind of trained on, you know, there's more than one way to do this. There's Mm. there's ways to figure out how to do this better. There's always a way to improve. Um, There is obviously on certain things like the original like Mario Brothers. There's literally only one speed you can do it if you're a speedrunner. That's literally the fastest you can physically play the game. And at that point, I'd move on to another game and then do that to another game type of thing. Um, World of Warcraft shaped a lot of my organizational skills. Um, Questing, having the the quest objectives listed up, taught me how to write lists, taught me which (laughs) quest to do was more important than the other, taught me that doing smaller quests gives me a little bit of XP, but if I can knock out a bunch of them, it adds up to more. So, you know, things like that kind of helped me organize, kind of helped me make lists, kind of, you know, I made my own quest list for the day, basically, and stayed organized. And, I mean, I can literally go on for hours on how how games have helped me. So it's, I don't know, it just took me a long time to realize these things because it was always in negative light. And I never talked to anybody about video games because they're like, oh, you play video games? Dude, you're like 20-something. You shouldn't be playing games. You should be working. So jokes on you I don't now. know. <laughs> yeah, right. Jokes on you now, buddy. Video games are everything. So it's it was a very love hate. Well, it wasn't a love hate. It was a love embarrassment kind of thing. Um, everyone around me made it made me feel embarrassed to be to to play video games. So it was never something I attempted to get a job for. First of all, um, and I loved them so much that I kind of scared myself from getting a job from it. I kind of held it in a very, very high platform. Like, oh, only gods can work on video games. Like, who am I? I'm just like this pleb. What am I going to do, right? And so I was on that mindset for a long time, like I said. And it was just until recently, like I'm in my 30s. And like, I finally made the decision to actually attempt to work in the gaming industry. And like, I'm, I'm curious, the that struggle. I think that's something that we've all had. Um, especially growing up and having that always drilled into our brains that mm-hmm. vid- video games are going to rot your mind. What what was the what was the buildup and how did you finally make that decision to say you know what I'm going to fucking go for it. I'm going to work in video games. I don't give a crap what other people think. What was that journey like for you? It was a long journey. It was a hard journey. Um, it took a lot of disappointment to finally get there. Um, it took, you know, being disappointed, I guess, you know, the last straw is what they say. Um, it's just like, I'm unhappy with all these things that I'm doing. I'm unhappy in these these places that I'm working at because it's so, you know, boring to me or it's so bland. It's so, you know, cookie cutter type of thing. Um, it's it's something that I'm not interested in. And so at, at one point I got laid off uh, from one of my jobs. And that's when I started my own business. And then I was like, Phew. my first business that I started was like a third party IT. And uh, I was just like, dude, I love, you know, I play games all the time. I build my own computers. And I was like, oh, I build my own computers. I should do IT stuff. Yeah. So I did all the certifications. I wanted to be a network admin. Uh, I started my own business. I started reaching out to people and somebody picked me up. But then it turned out to be like I was a, a um, just a uh, help desk 
like, oh, my mouse isn't working. Can you come, you know, drive all the way down here and fix my mouse? I was like, I'm a network admin or, you know, even a server administrator. Like, I don't want to be going down there and fixing your mouse. You know, you know, my screen is flickering. What does that mean? Probably need, you need a new screen. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's not what I, that's not what I'm here for. So that's what it ended up turning yeah. into. And I was just like, this isn't fun. Like, you're just calling me for like the, the tiniest reasons. I was like, maybe this isn't where I want to go. And so then I let that business go. And then that's when I made the first decision to get into the, to the gaming. And so I was just like, I have no gaming experience. I'm not a developer. I'm not, you know, I don't write code. I don't, I don't draw. I'm not an artist. I was like, how am I going to get into video games? And I was going to conventions and I was like, oh, I think my way in is through supplying conventions with, with swag. And that way I can kind of help the gaming industry with, you know, zero experience in the gaming industry. I don't have to be let down trying to get a job in there. And I can work from the outside and kind of still help in that way. Um, and then conventions disappeared. So then I was like, oh, awesome. Cool. There goes that one. <laughs> and, you know, after that, once that happened, which is obviously now with COVID, I was just like, you know what? I can work in there. I was like, I don't see why I can't. I like so many, you know, gaming industry jobs or like normal jobs. It's just, yeah, I need to stop. I need to stop looking at it as if it's like some huge platform that I'm never going to reach. And be real and be like, it's it's just a job. I can do this. I've had plenty of jobs. I'm good at jobs. It's just going to be in the gaming industry. I'll bet that once you made that realization, it made it easier to approach people in the gaming industry as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, like, I'm curious, now that you're getting your foot in the door, mm -hmm. how do you see your career evolving? Like, obviously, this is the first step. Like, yeah. what are your goals longer term in how you want to how you want to incorporate video games into your livelihood? Have you thought about that? I haven't. Um, I'm so like flabbergasted that I'm here that I haven't even thought <laughs> thought of anything <laughs> after this. Right. This was like the goal that I didn't think I was going to get to. And now that I'm here, I'm just like, hey, where to now? It's just like I just dropped into like this open world MMO. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Let me just figure it out. And quest. so just, just, yeah, just being, just being in the industry is going to, you know, I'm super excited and I, I literally just want to help. I'm not, you know, going in, Oh, I got to do my nine to five. I was like, no, I'm going to help the gaming industry. I'm actually going to do something. So it's like super motivating and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, building my career and building my experience, I get into a position at some point where I have the ability to make decisions that actually make a difference in the gaming industry or like you know i have really good directional um opportunities for companies to to help them out you know that's at the end of the day that's what i want i'm not trying to like be an owner of some company mm -hmm. i'm just trying to help the industry and, and if you know it takes me down a path that i want to go in then psh, i'm all for it yeah and um so we are nearing the end of the podcast but i before we sign off i understand that you have uh, an event that's coming up at the end of the month, right? End of yeah, November? I do. Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Twitch San Diego, we are putting together a a large group event for um, Rady Children's. We're going to support Extra, Extra Life. Um, it's going to be on November 20th. The broadcast is going to be from 2 to 8. Um, Twitch.tv slash San hyphen Diego pretty sure um and no that's wrong it's twitch underscore san diego that's what it is <laughs> and so um we're gonna i've hired a 
production company and they're going to be taking care of the production 100%. So it's going to be amazing. They, uh, they did a, a really cool Dungeons and Dragons event on Halloween and that stream was super cool. So their studio is like kind of like the Mandalorian set where they have like the round oh, LED so thing. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So they all like sat in front of it and then they had these crazy graphics behind them and like dungeon monsters coming out. And, and so I'm expecting it to be like super awesome. And, and I've hired on a couple of amazing hosts to do it, um, to be the host out there for that. And I'm going to have a, a regional smash tournament in Chula Vista and it's already getting like hundred plus people already interested in doing that. And so all of this is going to be, you know, benefiting Rady children's and, and extra life. And so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that's out in front. And uh, yeah, and there's going to be a live mixer as well. It's going to be right down the street for a few hours. I think three hours, probably one to one to four. And it's going to be at a restaurant called Las Tres Catrinas. And that's in uh, Chula Vista center. And, uh, I'm going to have giveaways there. I'm going to have vendors there. Uh, Logitech's going to be there. They're going to have, you know, a cool demo. They're going to have products. You know, it's just going to be super awesome. The biggest event I've put together, so I'm I'm super excited. Dude, that is so cool. And um, do you have any particular... I know you mentioned that you're uh, looking to raise money for mm -hmm. uh, Rady's Hospital. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a, a goal that you're looking to reach? Um, no. Not, not at all. Like, um, I, I don't want to set any expectations. Um, I just, I'm going to put some, some numbers out there. I'll put like an initial, like, let's say I want to reach a thousand. If we hit a thousand, Hey, I'll bump it up to like, you know, 2,500 and then five. And then like every milestone is just going to be like over the top. Like it's just anything positive. If I come up, if I come up positive, then it, it's a, it's a win. Awesome. And then you also mentioned a uh, smash tournament. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the details of this tournament? Because I'm sure we've got a lot of Smash players out there. Um, it's going to be in person, and it's going to be at Legend Gaming Center. That's in Chula Vista as well. Um, I think the bracket is on smash.gg slash GITG 2021. So that stands for Get in the Game. Um, I worked with one of the tournament organizers. His name's uh, Hazi. Uh, he goes by Slicer. And uh, we did a, a huge event in, at the YMCA a couple years ago, like the February before COVID hit. So that was the last event we did. And he brought in like 200 plus people to help, you know, YMCA and through a tournament. And I was like, why not work together again now that, you know, we, we have the green light to do a few things now. And, and I brought him on and we're going to do it again. So the first one was get in the game. And this is get in the game 2021, bringing it back. Awesome. Gotcha. And uh, any Smash version in particular? Ultimate on Switch. Gotcha. Dude, absolutely freaking amazing. <laughs> um, cool. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to have this chat with us. Blows my mind to, <laughs> sure. to just have these conversations with you. And yeah. I'm so, like, so proud of you and your journey for having to being able to overcome all of these different challenges. So when you mentioned to me that you had this victory of finally getting this job, mm -hmm. like my, my heart just fucking opened up and I was so happy. For you. So <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much for sharing your journey, sharing these amazing um, victories that you've had, things that you're doing moving forward. And uh, yes, like amazing stuff. Thank you, Daniel, for joining us. Um, Mr. Byron, uh, I'll let you do your thing. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks, thanks, man. Uh, this was this was an awesome episode. Um, you've already mentioned kind of some of the events coming up, the Smash tournament. 
um, yeah. the event for Radish Children Hospital. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, LinkedIn, uh, social media, anything that you're uh, comfortable sharing with us? Um, yeah, um, actually, Serious Yo is my um, tag just about everywhere. Um, on in gaming, in Instagram, on Twitter, um, I think Serious Yo. If it's cap sensitive, it's all caps because I'm serious. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really appreciate you guys having me here. And and one thing I want to mention before I leave is that. Steve was a huge part of me having this success, having this story, um, connecting with him. You know, it was all part of networking, but he had some great advice. I'd come through and be like, this is what I'm doing now. He's like, oh, here's some here's some resources that might help you out in that area. And then I'd come back to him a couple months later. Hey, you know, these are the things that I did that you you helped me out with. Um, is there anything else you can give? Yeah, here's some more resources on maybe something else you can tweak, maybe something else you can make a little better. And so, I mean, that's why I was so happy to share it with you because all that information you gave me, awesome, awesome information helped out too. That's awesome, man. And again, thanks for uh, coming on. Um, would you be willing to come on the podcast again in, say, six months? That's because we love catching up with all of our uh, guests and kind of seeing where they're, where, they're, where they're at, you know, see where, how they progress and everything. Yeah, of course. I mean, if if it helps, if it if it's if this is benefiting somebody else that might be in my position or is is close to like you know making a decision to do something or to not do something, I'm definitely willing to you know if talking is going to help somebody out, I'm willing to talk all day long. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, that concludes this episode of the Empower Podcast. Um, just like to reiterate, we are on Twitch. Um, we stream every well every other Sunday. Um, and we'll give you guys like some notifications on when that goes live. And if you want to find those, you can also find us on uh, TikTok. We're actually on TikTok with Empower Our Podcast. Um, Instagram, I believe we're on there as well. Twitch and we're on YouTube. So the episodes that we post on Twitch, they go they they get deleted after a week. So we archive it and then post it on YouTube. So you can binge watch on YouTube. You can binge watch on Spotify or any of the most popular uh, podcasting platforms as well. Um, so yeah, thanks uh, so much for tuning in, guys. See you on the next episode. Hey, thank you. Guys. See ya. See ya.